0: Welcome to Talk for 12, a podcast hosted by the women at Orange Evangelical Church. These 12-minute episodes teach from God's Word and encourage and equip women in their daily walk with Jesus.
1: Hello, welcome to a brand new series of Talk for 12. I'm Jill and I'm delighted to open the Bible with ladies from OEC to consider the question of what we do with the gifts God has given us here on earth to steward, to enjoy and to use to serve him. And we have some hot button topics to consider. How can we best use our money, our time, our homes and the environment to honour God and serve the people around us? I can't wait to share this journey with you. And we're kicking off today with something we all need and all want, money. And I have here Pauline with me. Do you want to tell us a bit about yourself?
0: Thanks, Julian. I'm Pauline. I'm a wife, a mum and a business owner. I love to sing and I've been part of OEC for over 20 years.
1: Pauline, we often don't talk about money, although it's a part of all of our lives. Why do you think it's such a yucky topic?
0: I think money is a yucky topic because our relationship with money is often a kind of litmus test of our relationship with God, ourselves and others. Money is this kind of insidiously tantalising thing. However much is available to us, we think just a little bit more would be good. And yet its accumulation does nothing for us. Just like a blanket in a cupboard doesn't offer us any warmth until we wrap it around us, money in our bank does nothing for us or anyone else until we use it. Mm. So I think money is a yucky topic because we have an odd cultural rhetoric happening? On one hand, there's some kind of odd piety in poverty. We don't want to be seen to be too rich and yet we're kind of proud of our ability to make our own financial decisions. We don't want to admit that we're relying on others or on God for our provision. Mm.
1: yeah I can see that and we can end up feeling guilty about how much or how little we have, how much we keep or give away, and how we spend it, and we can even be judging others by what we see them doing with their money. We mm. need God's grace with our attitude to money.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because everything in our society is organised around money, it's difficult to have clear thinking on it. It runs so closely to our hearts because without it we feel like we have no security, and we're very vulnerable in many, many ways. mm
1: I think that we see that in the Bible too. God knows that money is a big weakness of ours as humans, that we're lured by the security of the world. And Jesus gives that famous warning, you can't serve God and money. We don't want to think about it because we maybe we think it's going to be really hard and personal. But when we do think about it, it's like I think maybe we're going to see in all of these topics, how do I follow Jesus in this world? What is my heart's desire? So where in the Bible do we go? How do we know what God says about our attitude to money?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. In preparation for this, I did some reading mainly through Luke and more broadly through the Bible. And I was kind of amazed at how many of the famous money passages were actually about something else. Most were really about our hearts and our priorities. Money is just a really tangible way for us to understand where our priorities are. And you mentioned reading
1: Luke. I think of Zacchaeus, the short tax collector who climbed a tree to see Jesus. Do you think money was the problem for Zacchaeus in entering Mm. God's kingdom?
0: Yeah, Zacchaeus is an interesting story. It is implied that as a tax collector, he is wealthy because of dishonest gain. Then he meets Jesus and he responds in a really tangible way. Maybe he keeps on being a tax collector. We actually don't know. But we do see him shifting from cheating to being able to give it all back without any fear for his own provision.
1: So I hear two things to note there, like God is generous to us, like Zacchaeus, and that kingdom living comes with a changed heart.
0: Yeah, a really changed heart. Zacchaeus realises that he is forgiven, so he gives.
1: The story that comes after Zacchaeus is the parable of the miners or the parable of the value of money in Luke 19. And I find this a tricky parable. I hear Jesus saying the king is going to come back, be ready, but it feels like he's asking his disciples to make money while they wait.
0: Yeah, it seems like that, doesn't it? But I think there's a deeper message If you look carefully, you notice that the servants were explicitly instructed to do something of profit with his money. The king said, put this money to work. If Jesus is the king and we are the servants, then surely the instruction implies to us also. We are instructed to put his money to work.
1: Mm. So like the disciples who heard it, we all have an amount and a responsibility to use it, perhaps, and to be aware that the Master will call us to account for what we've done. And as responsible servants, we want to do what we can with our actual physical money as well as our other talents.
0: Yeah. I also notice that the King is pleased that they took a risk like he had instructed them to do, rather than just playing it safe. I think that we need to learn that God is our provision. In relation to money, I think we can read that as being generous when you have plenty and keep on working so that you might still have more to give. In Luke 12, there's a fellow who builds very big barns and he puts all his grain in there, but they're of no good to him because he dies that very, very night.
1: Yeah, so it could be that it wasn't actually having a lot that was his particular problem, so much as trusting in that for his security.
0: Yeah, because in a way he was being wise, he was being prudent, but he'd elevated money to be his security. This made money his purpose instead of serving God.
1: Yeah, we have to trust God on this more than our feelings, I think, because Jesus says, don't worry, and you can't take it with you. And when we trust in him, in what he's created us to be, rather than our culture, we get a very different picture of money and security.
0: Yeah, God is so generous to us. Mm. We don't need to be afraid. Jesus reminds us that we have a generous God who cares for our material needs. He says, consider how the wildflowers grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Now, that's lovely, but we need to be careful because it doesn't tell us not to labour or spin. Yes. Simply to understand that God is our provision, not our bank balance. Mm -hmm.
1: And when we think about God's generosity, we ultimately think of Jesus, of our forgiveness, of having a spirit-filled life where we can bring our worries to him daily. And the obvious response is thankfulness, isn't it? And maybe that's part of the antidote to worry. Thankfulness.
0: Yeah. We need to remember that the most important stuff is already done and say thank you. If we can understand that we are ultimately and eternally cared for, regardless of our material wealth, then we can enjoy the generous provision that God has given to us. So I was thinking about this, Jill, and I thought I could share with you how this works out for me personally.
1: Yeah, that would be great.
0: Okay. So I've created a business around helping others find their clarity and confidence in their numbers and business practices. I make budgets, I talk about insurance, I take people on a journey to make more money. I have contracts and I try to invest wisely. However, business is uncertain sometimes and there are factors that I can't control. So as an organization, I have set aside an amount to be given away each quarter, an amount that... I believe in my heart is good to give, and my staff can hold me accountable and share in the joy of giving it. Now, alongside that aspect, at home, my husband and I take my family on a snow skiing holiday every year. This is expensive, but we have provision to do it. And over the years, when I think back, this holiday has served God's purpose so many times, and I think. What an amazing, generous God that he would use something that we enjoy so incredibly together to grow and to teach us. So none of these decisions are made in isolation. Both of those decisions, one of kind of prudence and the other of indulgence, if you like, are made together. And knowing that we have the ability to do either or both but that all things come from God alone and that every year we get to do it, I'm just so thankful. Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, thank you for telling us about that. I think there are so many good things we can do with our money and things we can enjoy because of what God has given us. And if we're feeling guilty about it, we miss out on enjoying those good things. And if we're being miserly about it, we miss out on the goodness that comes with being generous and giving and being part of what God's doing in the world.
0: Mm. Yeah. When we understand that we have a generous God who loves and cares for us, then we're free to enjoy the provision we have. But I think it's about learning to make choices that are in keeping with God's purposes, not just ours. And it's part of being created in God's image that we have joy and we enjoy giving. Mm.
1: That's such a good thing about being human, isn't it? And I think, how do I make a wise decision about what to do day to day with my money? And we can't really go past that we pray about it. We pray for God's wisdom. Do I need to trust you, God? Am I holding on to this because I'm a bit scared that you won't really look after me like you say you will? Or am I not actually enjoying the good things because I'm worried maybe about what people will think about what I'm doing with my money.
0: Mm. We can't afford to live with a poverty mindset like that because we have such a generous God who cares for us.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I think that's the thing I'm going to remember the most from today. And we've talked about being wise, putting our gift, in this sense, money to work. Is that the same advice you would
0: give in the business world? I believe businesses should exist for profit and for purpose. If you are a believer in business, then your purpose is really simple and really clear. We are to make every business decision with the purpose of seeing God revealed more. And this is the ultimate profit, isn't it? God being known. So in business, I believe we should always look for a win-win. We should act honorably, we should be generous, and we should be wise, not foolish.
1: Yeah, I really like that profit and purpose. And I think that works in terms of our bigger purpose as Christians as well, to take the message of God to the world. We have money for that purpose of God's in whatever unique way and opportunity God gives us. And there is so much more. I'd love to tease out and talk about this topic with you. I really hope our chat will give us all courage to talk about these things and start that conversation and look for opportunities to be generous. I'm thinking about my spending, my trying to fill a hole instead of trusting God, and can I be more thankful?
0: Mm, Thanks for engaging me on the topic, Jill. I think my biggest learning is to do the hard work of making a continued decision to make my security and my identity or purpose in Christ God has asked me to use my provision without fear of it being refilled.
1: Thank you so much, Pauline. I'm praying for us all as we wrestle with this tough topic and our hearts. Please join us next time on Talk for 12 to think through how we use our homes.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Talk for 12. For the show notes and resources of this episode, or to email us, visit the podcast website at
1: oechurch.org.au. Forward slash talk for 12. That's the number 12 in numerals one, two. Thanks for listening. We hope you join us next time.